Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. Welcome back, flower friends, to week two of season 2023. I think this week we need to talk about Dahlia Wars. Yeah, it's a real thing. And if you know, you know. Hunting down that special dahlia and trying to check out within seconds as your palms are sweating, you're shaking, you're praying to all the Holy Spirits, please let me get this dahlia. Oh, that's right. I'm just trying to check out for one specific dahlia. Get it done fast enough and then try to go get all the other ones that I wanted. Oh yeah, no, didn't happen. Tried to check out. As I'm checking out, they're disappearing from the cart as fast as I'm trying to click the button. Ugh, so much stress. When did this happen, people? It's crazy. So if you're growing Dahlia tubers, you are incredible people. It's enough to like for some of us flower farmers to be like, oh, hell no. I am not doing that, and I am one of those people. I will never sell Dahlia tubers. Too crazy. And while we're on the topic of Dahlia tubers, I totally left mine in the ground this year. I'm trying to overwinter them. They may die. It is a total experiment. But if you know, you know. Here's another if you know, you know tip. Digging Dahlia tubers is such a chore and not fun and in over two years ago I heard of folks overwintering their dahlias historically I had dug them up tried to store them not so successful at that either and I tried it I tried it with a patch of dahlias and they came up lovely. That same year last year in 2022 I had ordered some dahlias did the whole took cuttings. I took a lot of cuttings to try to make that $20, $30 dahlia at least make a couple other dahlias out of it and grew the seedlings and was successful with it. Now, September came and we had this massive windstorm that just laid them all out. I have learned that I have a corridor here. So I planted my flower rows from east to west because that's where the sun sets. Well, it rises and then it sets. And so versus doing it north to south and having my flower heads turn in wacky directions, I chose to go from east to west. Well, in 2022, and now going into 2023, we have these crazy windstorms, just gusts. And um, Labor Day weekend is not a very fun weekend around these parts. Um, We had massive um, wildfires in 2020, which literally almost destroyed my home. If it wasn't for my husband and his friends, um, I wouldn't have this beautiful home. And so, yeah, ever since... We just have been getting these crazy windstorms. So Labor Day weekend was when we had the fires of 2020. And then sure enough, in 2022, we had another crazy windstorm on Labor Day weekend. And it just flattened my dahlias. Now, should I have done a better job netting? Yes. 
but I choose not to use the plastic netting. I've heard horror stories of animals getting caught in them, and I'm not going to wake up to that. I have cats, and I love them. They're like family to me, so there will be no plastic netting. But I'm looking into doing some metal cages, Um, so hopefully they're more sustainable. I can reuse them and they'll be sturdier. So we shall see in 2023 if Vershal's dahlias will survive our massive windstorms. So anyways, dahlia wars. I feel you folks and there are a couple other farms that I am going to be participating, attempting to participate in their Dahlia sales and here's to hoping you all get what you want and the best of luck and don't get me wrong I love the rain we need the rain I appreciate it Um, we've been in a drought so every little inch is hopefully filling up the reservoirs and putting snow on the mountain but oh my goodness the seasonal affective disorder especially if like you're a gardener and you thrive off of plants and sunshine and dirt like this time of year is brutal and it's been really hitting me hard this week I am thankful that I can start those flowers that need like 50 plus weeks lisianthus um to grow that I can sit down with um, some soil blocks and a podcast and just sow the seed and then check on those baby seedlings every morning and every night. It's quite the chore, but it's a lifesaver at this stage because I have zero desire to go outside as it's pouring rain and just yucky. So if you guys are there, we are there together. We are friends and Soon, very soon, the sun will come out and the birds will be singing and um, we'll have spring blooms. I think that's why spring is my favorite because just the anticipation for that first flower is so needed. And I think that's why like daffodils and all of the spring flowers are the most treasured flower ever. Actually, I think hellebores probably have to be the most treasured flower ever because like they're the first to bloom and everybody's just so excited for them. Here's your mid-episode disclaimer. If you hear any purring or rustling, that is your podcast mascot, Rosie, my cat. She insists on being present for every episode in my lap. So if you hear the purring, that's Rosie for you. You guys, this isn't high tech. I I just want to say this right here, right now. I am producing this whole thing myself because I want to share these stories with you. So it's not going to be the fancy podcast that most of you might listen to. Um, This girl right here is also a farmer, a mom, and now she's an editor. And uh, so, yeah, there's going to be some hiccups in all of the episodes. So I just thought I would uh, throw that out there. Sorry, I digressed. I appreciate you listening though. Going back to week two. Yes, I have been doing soil blocks and I do soil blocks because 
they allow me the space that I need to start as many seeds as possible. I do schedule it out. Like right now, I'm not starting anything like zinnias. Um, You don't start those till close to the time in which you want to plant them out. I'm just starting the seeds like lisianthus and eucalyptus and some of the cool flowers that I didn't get to in the fall but hope to plant out in early spring. And just those flowers that take a long time to grow on like per other perennials that I'm starting as well. But I use the soil blocks because I have a limited amount of rack space that has heat mats. And so I start those that need the longest um, on those heat mats. And then I'm gradually working my way to spring. And so once they've germinated, I'm moving them off the heat mats and onto kind of what I call my cool racks. They just don't have heat mats, but they're still under the lights. And then when I need to move them up to a bigger block, I will... um, I will do so. But I also, you know, if you're having crappy germination, if you've got this tray of only 50 cells, I mean, that takes up a ton of space. So I have been, my eyes have been open to soil blocking. I absolutely love it. I do think there's some lessons learned from it. They are very high maintenance. So if you don't have that chance to water them in the morning and at the, at night, it may not be for you. So you just got to do you, my farmer friend. Do what works for you. If trays is, is the thing that works for you, then do trays. Um, I've just found that for myself, the soil blocks are actually very helpful. But I have learned uh, that some stuff don't grow so great in them. And um, also what I learned is don't start things too early. So soil blocks are really the opportunity to get the seed germinated, the seedlings produced, and then you move them right into the field. I actually tried, uh, because I have a lot of birds, which is a good thing because they eat the bad bugs. Before I really started getting into flower farming, I would try to, you know, just go out there with my rake and plant sunflowers, and I never got sunflowers. Well, the same was for peas as well. Why? Because the birds ate the seed out of the ground, or mice, and so I never got sunflowers. So starting sunflower seeds indoors is a necessity for me because if I don't, I won't have any sunflowers. So last year, I actually tried... um soil blocking sunflowers in the mini blocks of all things and I just got them up out of the shell their first true leaves on and then I planted them and then of course I had to transition them outside but then I put them in the ground and it was really successful so there you go you just gotta try things and probably people would bulk at that methodology but I tried it and it worked for me so I just encourage you to give it a go if you have an idea that pops in your head try it may work for you it may not work for you and it may work for you but it may not work for somebody else this is where I think we get stuck in this hole of well this person did this and this person did that and you just get stuck in your head and you get so intimidated by every what everybody else is doing and I just encourage you to do you try it if you have like I said if you have that idea just give it a go and try it and you will be rewarded internally by trying it even if it 
fails, you will have learned something. Another thing about week two is this is when all the seed catalogs show up, which I find it very interesting because if you were buying seeds in the last two years, uh, well, I think 2021, we all were in that shock of you would be able to, you know, uh, somebody would launch their sale and like three months later when you actually were in the moment you would be able to purchase a dahlia tuber well now if you're not on at nine o'clock sharp you lose your chance entirely or just you know new introductions of seeds if you don't get on top of it right then and there they're gone and you've missed your opportunity for an entire season So in 2022, when folks started gardening and the seed companies were so overwhelmed and those of us that were trying to raise it uh, as a crop were shocked by the fact that, oh my gosh, I would usually would order seeds in January, but then you got the shipping delays and to nobody's fault, it just, it was what it was. You got a harsh reality of, I got a plan ahead. So like when the daffodils are in bloom, I actually think this is great because then they're at the top of your mind and you know exactly what you want, what you've experienced with that daffodil. And so that's when you should be ordering your daffodils for the next year. Tulips, whatever the flower may be, that's when you need to be ordering for the next season. I know it's crazy. It's like you just spent all this money on this one flower and you haven't made a dollar off of it as it's starting to bloom, but you're already purchasing for the next year. It's it's a little uh, gut-wrenching. I'm not going to lie there, but it's the reality that we're in now. So seeds, I actually started ordering in the summer so that I would have them, you know, in my stash. We'll have to talk about seed stashes on an episode. And uh, so when I needed to start them, I had them there and I didn't have to stress over it. So it's funny how all these seed catalogs keep showing up. Also, it's like the checkout stand at the grocery store just kicked with all the magazines and candy and you're trying to get just the food on the belt with your children and they're like, can I have this? Can I have this? It's just a cruel joke to any uh, parent or anybody with children uh, to put that in front of their faces. But the seed catalogs are kind of the same. Like, ooh, maybe I do need more of that. And then you have the collection. And if you're one of those people, you're not alone because I'm totally that person. Um, And maybe the person with too many seeds. But yes, so I always do try to think ahead. I really do try to spend some time in the summer to reflect on what's working, what's not, what I want to try, and uh, order ahead of time. And I am thankful for that. So, but if you're putting in those last minute seeds orders, I get you. I do want to say one thing because I've been seeing this a lot lately, the whole pressure to buy plugs. If you're there, I say go for it. But also, I have been feeling lately like, oh, I'm half of a farmer because I grow my stuff from seed. And if you're out there and you're growing your stuff from seed, please don't feel like that. I have learned so much from growing my flowers from seed. And all I gotta say is I have so much appreciation. I have so much vested in that single flower because I did. I brought it from seed to vase. And use that as marketing. Tell your customers be posting that on Instagram and Facebook and and telling your truth. Like, I grew this from seed, people. It's really hard. Um, 
and really just create that connection between you and your customer. And it's okay. It's okay to buy seed and um, it's less expensive. I've been really struggling with this lately of, well, maybe I should buy plugs because so-and-so said I have to buy plugs. But um, for me, they're too expensive. And if they're not for you and you're at a level of operation where you have to buy plugs, good for you. But I also want those smaller, newer farmers to know that it's okay to grow stuff from seed. And like I said, it's a great learning opportunity and just exposure into the flower farming world, actually. And it's life-saving. When these days are really gloomy, it's your opportunity to connect with your flowers. Have you guys recognized a theme? I talk through all of my insecurities on this podcast because I think I'm not alone. I hope I'm not alone at least. And if you're listening to this and do you have those as well, I hope it's a conversation that we can have together in our earbuds. So anyways, let's think about on these days of doom and gloom, let's think about marketing because now is the time to start thinking about our marketing strategy because when you are knee-deep in harvesting flowers, conditioning flowers, bunching flowers, getting them to your farmer's market or pop-up or whatever your sales avenue is, marketing really is producing that video and then putting it on your uh, social platforms. But now is the time to think about how you connect with your community. I know that there's this craze around Instagram, but is Instagram really getting us our customers? And I've had some conversations with some fellow flower farmers and actually think the opposite is true. What I've come to realize is that Facebook might be actually more community driven than Instagram, but it all depends on your business model. If you're selling worldwide or across the nation, Instagram might be your platform. And I think it's just different for everybody. But what I've come to notice is that Facebook actually is a greater connection to my community. But what's a greater connection to my community is actually word of mouth. I live in a small community and word of mouth is very strong. But also it's connections with your local businesses. It's uh, sponsoring a basketball team. You get the community donation and doing great and connecting back with your community, but also having your name on a banner or the back of a basketball jersey uh, is great marketing because the people that may not know about you, well, now their kid wears your name on the back of their jersey and people start asking the question of, what? who is that? Oh, let's look online. Trust me, I've overheard it. Think about how your community connects with the local businesses and really get creative. It may just be a poster at the coffee shop or a poster at the post office. Um, It may be as simple as that because there are a huge amount of people within your community that aren't on social media. So yeah, take this time to really look around. Go to the grocery store. Go to the post office. Go to all of the places where your community members step it into and really take some notes on where they are consuming their advertising. It may be the local radio station. So yeah, take this time to just really get creative and think about your marketing strategy. 
And then you can start to develop a list on this month I'm going to do this, this month I'm going to do that. And you don't have to do all the things at once. Take it in bits and pieces. Do what you can afford to do because nobody needs to go in debt over this endeavor. Grow small and really Look at what worked and what didn't work. Well, flower friends, I think I'm going to wrap up this week and get back to doing some seed starting. I do a little bit at a time because I have so many balls that I'm juggling and it doesn't seem so overwhelming and that's what works for me. I hope you guys have a great week and we'll connect next week. Thanks, flower friends. Hi, I'm Natalie, one of the Freckle Bloom Flower Kids and I'm here to present you weekly flower fun fact. I got this fun fact from Lucy's Flower, 10 fun facts about flowers. In the 17th century, Holland tulips were more valuable than gold. During the era of tulip mania, a single tulip bulb cost equivalently of $2,000. Did you know the podcast music was composed and played by me, Natalie? Thank you for listening. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining in to the conversation. And together, all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.